Hey there, this is Sophie. Before we get started in our deep dive podcast conversation today, I just wanted to let you know that if you enjoy our podcast, you might also enjoy some of the other great content we have available for you on YouTube, our blog, and on our website. Check it out, russellinvestments.com. For the last eight years, we've actually tried to identify and quantify the value advisors bring to the client relationship. They're looking for trust, advice, and guidance. And ultimately, this value advice formula that we're talking about helps to deliver that. But what's interesting is what the client gets at the end is actually something beyond all of this that we've talked about so far, and that is confidence. Welcome to the Helping Advisors podcast by Russell Investments. I'm Tina Downing. I run the North America business consulting team for Russell Investments, and I'm thrilled to have with me today one of my all-time favorite colleagues at Russell Investments, Corey Christiana. Corey's a regional director in the Northeast and New England regions and comes to us with 17 years of experience in the industry, 12 of those years directly with us. Corey is also a certified financial planner, so he brings to his role an incredible amount of experience and expertise on how advisor engagement with clients is evolving today. He sees every day how advisors' roles are shifting from simply asset management to holistic family planning and the enhanced dialogue that actually entails. Corey, thanks so much for joining us today. Tina, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me in. Today's topic is a really important one, as you know, and I'm excited to hear a little bit about the value of advice from you as we get started. So you had wanted to talk about the formula and some of our research. Can you get us going from there? Absolutely. You know, we just came out with our study. We've done our value of the advisor study for the last eight years. And our hope is that this study will give you the formula to help you articulate that value with total confidence. For those of you that aren't familiar with the formula, this year it is A plus B plus C plus T. A is for active rebalancing. Now, a lot of times we discount this because sometimes we have it built in automatically in our portfolios, but left to their own devices, sometimes investors just don't rebalance as they should, especially in times like this. After all, it's counterintuitive. Selling was going up and buying was going down. It's incredibly difficult for clients to do. B is for the behavioral coaching that you do every day with your clients, especially during times of volatility and uncertainty that we're feeling right now. Each year, this has actually been the number one thing clients appreciate most about you. C is for customized experience and family wealth planning. Clients want to know that you understand the decisions they're making in their lives every day and how those decisions might affect their plan. And they also want to know how you incorporate the people that have impact on their outcomes and the people that have impact in the decision-making process. And finally, T is for tax-smart investing. Now, I don't know about you, but I have yet to talk to anyone that thinks taxes are going to go down anytime soon. Clients want to know and expect that we're actually doing everything in our power to help them keep more of the money they work so hard to earn. Corey, you work with advisors every single day. You hear how they run their practices. From your perspective, what else do you think that clients expect from their advisors today? 
It's a great place to start the conversation here. So from my perspective and in working with advisors and seeing the value that they deliver and even engaging with end investor clients from time to time, what I'm seeing is, is the client, the investor. They're looking for trust, advice, and guidance. And ultimately, this value advice formula that we're talking about helps to deliver that. But what's interesting is what the client gets at the end is actually something beyond all of this that we've talked about so far, and that is confidence. There was a study run a couple years ago asking investors who were self-directed and investors who were working with advisors around their confidence and ability to hit their long-term goals. And it was interesting. Investors that were working with advisors had a greater level of confidence. So ultimately, I think that is what people are after, and that is the value that's going to be delivered. So with that, where does this come from, this confidence? I believe it's built on a wealth management process. And a few of the hallmarks of that process include understanding. You know, when an advisor initiates a new relationship with a client, they take a lot of time to understand where the client is today and where they want to go. It's that foundation that all of the confidence then is built upon. So from there, there's a feeling for what the client wants to achieve and what they have. There's an opportunity for the advisor to focus in on alignment. You know, how do we take your plan that's being developed and implement strategies that align with achieving your goals? That's important work that the advisor's doing. And then once the alignment is set, ultimately there's implementation. And Tina, we're going to talk a little bit more about each of these components as we go through the conversation, but implementation, it's actually getting things done. And then lastly is this idea of advocacy. You know, the advisor is there to be the advocate for the client in achieving their goals. And when this is all combined together, it does lead to what we were talking about before, that confidence, confidence that an investor is going to achieve what they want to in their life. So Tina, as we go through this, can you discuss how a discovery process might aid in the base of this wealth management process. I think that's something that that you've done a good job in over the years and your team is is really focused on. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yes, Corey, of course. I mean, discovery is the foundation to everything that you do with the clients. But many times advisors actually stay a little bit too focused on the actual planning process, especially if you have a very distinct planning process that you go through to run the financial plans and create the outcomes for the client that you want. I know I did as an advisor myself. A lot of times I confuse fact-finding with a true understanding of discovery and what the client priorities are and what decisions they're making. And really having that understanding of the things that they value most and that they're faced with. Because you have to create a process that identifies their top three priorities and delivers on those and help provide solutions for those top priorities. Many clients don't really know what to actually share with you. They don't know what components of their lives. So the heart of discovery is two things. is having a complete understanding of what the client priorities are, what decisions they're faced with now and potential decisions they might be faced in the future that they may not even know about regarding their family and their health and their career and their lifestyle and even the things that they're even passionate about in their community. We seem more passionate about what's going on around us than we have in a very, very long time. And then keep digging deeper to uncover why these things are so important to them. 
right? And what their perspectives are about all of these areas, not just one or two. So we actually have here at Russell Investments a discovery methodology that we teach and share that will help advisors actually take this level of conversation to a process and a framework that helps the advisors get more confident in asking some of those deeper questions that they may not normally ask. Tina, that's great. I can see just how powerful this discovery process is. As you know, I get to work with advisors locally here in New England around this process. And what I've seen that's interesting is this isn't a one and done exercise. You don't just do discovery to get to understanding. You do discovery to embed it all throughout the process. So to give an example, imagine that uh, you're working with uh, Jane and John and you found out a little bit about their background and what they're trying to achieve, and in having a conversation about their longer-term goals, you start to say things like, Jane and John, do you remember when you were telling me about your experiences as students at the University of Vermont? This aspect of the plan that we're focused on today, this supports your daughter Jen's goal of attending the University of Vermont when she graduates high school in two years. Or maybe at a point in the future, you're again going back to that same information that you have, that discovery process, and embedding it into a different conversation. Do you remember when we were discussing that the need to balance support of Jen's college education with your desire to retire down to Asheville, North Carolina in the next 15 years? This right here, this is a critical component of the plan that's helping you get to Asheville so you can start to enjoy that life that you're so excited about living down in the mountains. So it's a very powerful process. And and Tina, I really appreciate the work that you've done to help bring this to us and and to our advisor clients. You know, Corey, as you're talking about this, it makes me think of our client journey roadmap that we have that we work with clients with. And what happens, you know, after you have these conversations, you have to have a way to lay out what's going to happen next with the client. Once you know those top priorities, how do you then formalize the implementation? You talked about implementation before and execution of what you're going to do. You know, using a roadmap actually helps the client stay engaged in the process and helps to tie why you need all that information, all the paperwork or additional information that you actually need to execute on the plan. It helps them understand why you need it, and what the benefit to them really is. It also helps you, an added benefit, as the advisor, look back throughout the year. You know, if you're ever worried about having a fee conversation, when you use a roadmap with the client of going through their priorities and what you're going to do to help provide solutions for those top priorities, you can look back at the end of the year and show all of these things that you've done on the client's behalf. So, Corey, you talked about alignment before. I want to get back to that for just a minute, if you don't mind. Alignment, why do you think that is such a critical component as we're talking about what clients value? So when I think about alignment, you know, I think about lack of alignment first. You know, investments held in a vacuum really don't help investors get to their long-term goals. It's when those investments are aligned with long-term goals that real value is driven. So what I wanted to talk about here is the fact that we and our local teams work with advisors in doing case reviews and proposals. Last year as an organization, I believe we ran around 20,000 client proposals. And I want to talk about some common things that I see in regards to alignment. 
often we'll see a client portfolio that's out of alignment with their goals. So how could something like that happen? We could look at a client, maybe they're 50 years old, uh, they're 10 to 15 years out from retirement, and they're feeling a little bit of stress and the market's moved against them. And ultimately, they're sitting in a portfolio based on uh, their decisions that's largely fixed income when they need some growth to hit their long-term goals. That misalignment can have pretty significant impacts further down the road when they start need to take retirement income. Now, you could be on the flip side of that as well. You know, a client could feel overconfident and align their portfolio with high growth, high volatility ideas. And, you know, fast forward, maybe 10 years, they're 60 years old, they're getting closer to pulling from that portfolio. And again, the markets could potentially move against them, imperiling some of those goals that they had there. So it could be overconfidence, it could be underconfidence. That's an alignment issue that we're seeing out there. Another alignment issue comes from rebalancing. And, and Tina, you and I have talked a lot about this. I think you're going to talk a bit more about this uh, further on in our conversation. But a well-built portfolio left to grow over time will go out of alignment. There's a rebalancing process that needs to take place to keep that portfolio intact. We often see Portfolios that were built 10, 20, 30 years ago, and you could tell very quickly uh, when they were built by what's in there and what's become overweight. And then the last one that I want to talk about is this idea of tax management and alignment. Often people want to grow their after-tax wealth so they can spend and enjoy it out in the future. But as you see their current investments, you realize that they're not being handled in a tax-efficient manner. Maybe they're trading too much. Maybe they have too much focus on a dividend. Uh, but you look across their different account types and, and you see this alignment is missing. And in essence, what happens is it makes the job harder on the investor. They either have to save more, work longer, or endure a level of volatility that isn't necessary to get to where they want to go. So that's what I had wanted to focus on. And Tina, again, this is not a new phenomenon. You had practiced as an advisor. Could you talk a little bit about how you experienced this within your own practice? You're right, Corey. It wasn't unusual at all. You know, let's take rebalancing for a minute. When I was competing for business and going after, you know, business that another advisor might be working with, it wasn't unusual for me to see on the rebalancing side portfolios regularly that had not been rebalanced. It was easy to take that business from the current advisor because clients don't like to see, especially in a volatile market, that their portfolio now has 80% in equities and 20% in fixed income when they thought that they were a balanced portfolio, maybe more of a 60-40 split. I certainly wouldn't want to have that conversation in January of this year or March of 2020 after the market had actually corrected by a huge amount. You know, the other thing to think about is, you know, I'm really passionate around investor behavior and understanding how clients actually make decisions because clients make decisions very differently. Some make them based on an intuitive response and emotions, and some focus on more of what I'd call a cognitive approach, right? That means that they need to see evidence in the history and the methodology that you use to get the recommendations and how we actually modify our behavior or adapt our behavior and how we explain what we're going to do for the client really is important to understand what those styles are so you're able to connect with them so your message resonates with them. 
That's why behavioral coaching and the role that the advisor actually plays in that relationship is the number one thing that clients value about what advisors do for them. Hey, we're just going to take a quick break here, but we'll be back shortly. Hey, this is Maria. I'm here to interrupt your podcast for just a minute. See, one of the things we've all been thinking about is how the heck are we going to pay for all this economic stimulus? Because the government's been writing some big checks. If we're honest, we all already know the answer on how we're paying for it. Seems pretty certain that taxes are not going down anytime soon. So don't wait, Ms. or Mr. Advisor. If you've thought about switching your investors over to a tax-managed approach, there's really no better time than now to visit russellinvestments.com and learn more. Every year you put it off, you've likely just reduced the take-home pay of your investors for another year. And who wants to be that guy? You don't want to be that guy. People don't like that guy. And we're back. Now, you talked before too, Corey, about implementation. To me, this is one of the most important parts, right? So can you talk a little bit about what implementation really even has to do with all of this? Yeah, implementation, it's getting it done. You know, if we talk about understanding, knowing who you are, what you have and where you want to go, and and we've figured out the alignment component, what ultimately needs to happen is something needs to get done to bring you there. Trades need to be placed. Accounts need to be open. They need to be funded. And the reality is oftentimes that doesn't get done without the help of a professional advisor. Think about, you know, in your own personal life, I I know in our family, you know, we've talked about the diet starts on Monday and then Monday comes and goes. That can happen uh, with your investments too. The reality is a, a great idea not implemented today, unfortunately compounds out into the future and it makes it harder and harder to make up for that lack of implementation. And just think about this, the financial services world, as much as we've done to be more consumer friendly, the reality is it's not like opening up a Netflix account. It's not easy. I can't do it on my own in most cases. And if I do, I'm probably going to miss some of the implementation steps. Having an accountability partner, having someone that's focused on getting the money placed, invested, monitored, someone who's taking charge of that process for me, that alleviates a lot of burden and ensures more compliance and a better opportunity to actually hit those goals. So implementation is is a vitally important part of this process. Well, and it sounds like if you're really doing it that way, you're truly becoming an advocate of the client and taking a new role as the client's financial advocate, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And if you talk about advocacy, this next part of the conversation is is really teed up for that. You know, I talk about life happening. The reality is, again, markets don't happen in a vacuum. We're all people out living our lives. And when we build plans and we think about how they're going to work over the next 10, 20, 30 years, we assume all the best outcomes. We assume we're going to be in good health, that our family's going to be there, that our relationships are going to be intact. But the reality is, that may not be the case for everybody. And the advocacy you get from an advisor to support you through periods of stress, both in the markets and in your personal life, can be incredibly powerful. And let's just take an example. You know, Think back roughly two years from today, we were in the early days of the COVID pandemic. We saw the fastest 30% drop in U.S. stock market on record. Think of how difficult it was to maintain a long-term financial plan at that moment. And think about how much more difficult it could have been if life was happening to you in addition. 
You know, what if a relationship was under stress or, or what if your job was in peril during that time period? It would have been hard to stay focused, to do implementation, to think long term uh, with your investments. So advisors come in and add tremendous, tremendous value during periods like that. But also, it doesn't have to take place in, in the worst of circumstances. It could be on the flip side. Uh, imagine today we're in a strong economy here in the U.S. Maybe your career is, is at a different trajectory than when you embarked on your advice journey three, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And there's new opportunities that are available to you. But you're so focused in on that career that you don't take the time to step back and think about the true implications that this could have for the way you live your life in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Having that advisor sit down with you and do that discovery process and understand what you're really trying to accomplish and then talk about what's now possible and actually design and implement a plan designed around that, that is incredibly powerful. And, and I don't see how it gets done without advisor advocacy. I couldn't agree more, Corey. You know, how you also frame the questions is what helps you have that more meaningful, deeper dialogue with clients to truly understand what their priorities are and why, right? And to help give the advisor this framework around how we actually engage from everything from discovery or rediscovery to implementation is really key. Thank you, Corey. You know, as always, I love our conversations and hearing your perspectives and ideas on how you work with advisors every day. Thanks so much for the work that you do every day. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So in our discussion today, we talked about how working with an advisor improves investor confidence. We highlighted some of the tools and resources and ways to actually improve client communication to get clients more excited about achieving their goals with you as their advisor, or as Corey says, as their advocate. If you need help, as you think about this formula, whether it's A, you know, the active rebalancing that you do and your messaging around that, because clients don't know you do it unless you tell them, right? And two is B, the behavioral coaching you do, especially during times of chaos, but also bringing that process into your quarterly reviews with your clients, with your ongoing conversation, and how to actually create a framework to be that behavioral coach and to gain the expertise around what those investor behaviors are and how they make decisions. And then with the C, you know, how do you become an advisor that's focused truly on what the client's priorities are and delivering to them the things they value most, all of the things even over and above the asset management and how you bring this customized feel and approach to what you do and family wealth planning. And then finally, the T, which is becoming a tax smart advisor, helping clients keep more of the money they work so hard to own. And trust me, it is front and center in their minds right now since we've just gotten past tax time. That is a fantastic conversation to have with clients today. Now, we're so glad that you spent the time with us today. Much of what we discussed comes from our value of advisor study, and we're happy to actually share the study itself um, with anyone that's listened to the podcast. 
And by the way, the real way your experience with Russell Investments is elevated through our regional teams. If you haven't met them, reach out to them today because they work with advisors across the country with this very thing and they help in your local markets one-on-one to be able to help you grow a business that is sustainable, profitable, client-centric and the practice that you desire for the future. Reach out to your local teams to hear more. This podcast was recorded on April the 25th in Seattle, Washington. Thanks so much for joining us.